This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 33, After the Whistle. Craig's got the... uh, Craig's got the... (laughs) I'm a dick, eh? Craig's got the grandpa sweater going, although I like it. I like it. I would wear that. You know why I have this? Are you cold? Because of you. Uh, what do you mean because of me? Because you always have those like uh, old man sweaters. I believe they call it a cardigan, but thank you yeah. for asking. Yeah. You, admit, you missed that movie line too, eh? Yeah, I got it for Christmas. Pull over. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. <laughs> Pull your vehicle to the side of the road. So I, do you know the movie? No. Okay. Dumb and Dumber. Uh, A lot of people would refer to our our show as that. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy Rona going to join us here in a little bit, but um, I sent out a tweet. Speaking of movie quotes, I sent out a tweet last night just saying, uh, we are recording. Let me find it here. I can't. We will be, we will record after the whistle tomorrow. Uh, Feel free to ask any questions you might have. We got a lot of good responses. I got 40 responses on that. Some you know, some funny, some, you know, serious, and we'll get into them uh, as we'll do a bit of a saber segment here before uh, JR hops on, but our boy, Ryan Miller. Millsy. Yeah. Millsy. What about him? Well, he and I, I sat beside him for a number of years. I played in the minors with him. I mean, we're both movie buffs big time. Right. So yep. he would always come in and be like, Hey, did you see this movie? You got to see this movie. Right. Come in. Hey, did you see this movie? You got to see this movie. So we had like a movie music influence on one another. And, um, I think that's why we got along so well. We literally would talk in movie quotes. I don't think that we would have a serious conversation. I think it would just be movie quote after movie quote. In fact, we've had some serious talks, but regardless, he wrote, his, his response to feel free to ask any questions you might have, and you will not know this. What's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You know the movie line? Nope. Shenanigans? You guys are talking about shenanigans, right? Super troopers? I think, you know, we've known each other for a long time. I think you know that <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. All right. Well, he, he was nice enough to chime in, which is... Uh, you are the brain. You you guys, it, it, it's truly incredible. You know, when we played together, you know, even Derek Roy, all those guys, everybody talked in movie quotes. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us talked in movie quotes. There's no question. It goes to show like how much, you know, useless time you guys used watching movies over and over and over again. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's it. I think it's just it's exactly what it is. You think I had time to sit down and, and, and go over multiple movie, movie well, quotes. I had kids. Oh, uh, there you go. See, okay. There you go. So you, th- that explains it. We didn't have kids at the time. I, I don't watch a lot of movies now. Cause I have a little guy. I mean, I will say this though. Check out. Don't look up. Okay. Unbelievable movie unbelievable movie. I don't care what you have to say about that one, Riv. I know I told you to watch it and you said you started it. I don't know if you finished it, but I couldn't finish it. Really? Yeah. 
I couldn't. It was just, it, it wasn't grabbing me. Okay. All right. It grabbed me and it was good. Um, I'll tell you what didn't grab me. I started it and I finished it. I even watched it in delay or on delay or in on demand. I don't know. DVR'd it is what I guess I should say. Uh, the Sabres game last night against the two-time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. And a very underwhelming again. And look, a lot of criticism, a lot of hate going on out there on social media about this team. And I, I, I don't know that I can... I don't know that I can get on board with all of it, seeing that they did have a depleted lineup and they are kind of going through somewhat of a rebuild again. But I just let me just emphasize the point that I'm trying to make when I watch these games. It doesn't matter who's in your lineup. How come you can't show that you actually give a shit that you're losing. Now I know you're playing Tampa Bay and they were rock solid last night, but why can't I'm not talking fighting. I'm not even talking about running guys over and getting aggressive. I'm just talking about playing hard. Is it was Tampa that good last night that yes. you, okay. They were that good that you couldn't show any passion, any emotion, any kind of, any kind of, um, I don't know, go out of your way to look like you're embarrassed. I know it's a young lineup. I know there are guys that have inexperienced, by the way, we'll get into Jack Quinn, but you can't tell me that you can't show and you can't give more than what we got last night. Uh, what are you expecting? Like, what are you expecting? This is, this is the Stanley cup champs. They have, you know, Nikita Kucherov, Steve Stankos, Kalorn, Shirelli, Hedman, Palat, Corey Perry's playing on the fourth yeah. line, by I have the an way. Answer. Uh, Braden Point, Sergachev. Okay. I mean, you go through their lineup. It has been seasoned. It has been developed for years. And, you know, listen, I mean, they toyed. They toyed with the Sabres last night because the Sabres are, I mean... They're, you know, to say it, uh, you know, as nicely as possible, they're just very youthful. Um, they do not have the skill on the forward line or the back end. Um, it's so if just you don't have the struggle. skill, does, are you telling me that that means that you can't have the desperation? I saw no desperation. I saw no desperation whatsoever. And I don't even know how to, how to, how to articulate that point and, and give you examples because it's so just who is that going to come from desperation? There's no Oposo in the lineup. There was no talk in the lineup, you know, have uh, all been playing long. Casey middle stat is, has been out all year. These are, these are integral pieces to your lineup. I, I, I that doesn't mean that you can't show more, Desperation, diving like who? for pucks, who finishing, not, who finishing checks. What you want? Everybody. I, mean, I, Every, I just don't think the team's very good. I don't think that, the team's very good. That doesn't. You're going to play out of your element every single time you get on the ice. Most of these players yes, that are on this team right now, you're professionals. Well, Whether most you're of them, most of them are minor league professionals. That's fine. 
that's fine. And this is your shot in the NHL and, and you should show more desperation. We always talk about in playoffs, guys have to play out of character teams that win play out of character. You're playing against the Stanley cup champs and that's the way you come out. I, I don't know where to point the finger, but I, I, I mean, I like Don Granado as a person. I don't really know him, but I like what I've heard about him. But I mean, it, what was the what was the game plan last night? It didn't look like there was much of a game plan, and you can use depleted lineup, and you can use all that. But at the end of the day, like that's what you can get from your players. It's and I'm again, I'm fine with the score. I'm you don't fine think, with the. You don't think the depleted lineup is the reason why? You know, the last number of games, this team has looked so bad. I think it's a. I think it's a big part of it. Yes why I don't want to pile on and I'm not sitting here saying how can they not score goals how are they not doing this because I understand they have a depleted lineup I get that but I'm I'm not asking um, players to do something they haven't already done in the past or maybe they haven't it's just the wrong personnel I mean are you, I, I don't know I, I I don't have an answer so I'm sitting here stumbling for answers and I'm just asking for desperation. I mean, I'm asking for when your goalie gets run over by Pat Maroon, do something about it. I don't know. I don't what run their goalie. Don't go fight Pat Maroon. Don't fight Pat Maroon. Okay. Eye for an eye. Don't maybe run the goalie, run Kucherov, run Stamkos. Run these? Oh, that's they have tougher players, so they can't do that no, because everyone. No, no, no. Are you gonna like who are you? Who are you asking to do this? This is where I say play out. Are of you character. asking to do all this? Play out of character? You think Victor Olson's gonna do that and play out of character? Anders Bjork. I mean, you just go through the entire lineup. They don't have the right makeup right now, and I mean, when you have team toughness, it's it's a it's a team thing that has been built over years. Okay these guys are it's almost like they're complete individuals just going out and and skating and and giving 100% it's it, i you can't blame these guys for not giving 100% they're just not i don't think this team is is a very good hockey no, team no you can right blame now. them for not giving 100% you can you can't blame them for not getting the results okay like I can't blame them for getting schlacked like a shithouse toilet seat by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, that's a line from the old Champ uh, episodes back in the day. But I can blame them for lack of game prep. That probably falls in the coaching staff, and I can blame them for what looks like not giving a hundred percent. Okay, like Victor Olafson got that breakaway last night, and it looks like it looks like he was skating in quicksand. Do I have to do I have to uh, apologize for the time off that they've had? I mean, I, I thought pro athletes are they long for time off. You know, like I, I'm I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss, and it's not the makeup of the team. Okay. I understand the makeup of the team is not what it will hopefully be next year and the year after. But if this if, is gonna take time, it's gonna take time. And no one wants to hear that. Not one single fan. I don't want to hear it. I'm sick of it. I've watched enough garbage hockey here in Buffalo for a lifetime. But the only way I can, I can bitch and complain and moan, but it takes time to develop these young players. We do have some great players coming up. Okay. But it's going to take time. 
I can't sit there and look at Dylan Cousins and be like, you know, you come on, you need to step up here. He's no, 20 years I, old. I have no issue with Dylan Cousins, to be honest with you, because I believe what about that- Jack Quinn. You know, thought he like, looked great. I, I really think there's okay. promise. Yeah, I thought in he that looked young... okay. It's hard, okay. Hard I thought he looked okay when he's on such a shitty team. Mm-hmm. But the, the he is like, what is he going to be like when he's 22, 23, and, and beyond? There, the only way of doing this right is is to develop these players and continue to tinker with your roster and add in years to come. Right now, there's no sense. Like, I, I'm not asking Kevin Adams to go out there and make trades, but to get a trade. You're going to trade Brent Murray, Mark Jankowski, Zemigus Gergensen, John Hayden, Anders Bjork, Cody Eakin, Vinny Hinnestrosa. What are you getting for any of these players? There's nothing. Kevin Adams is going to have to sit on his hands. He's going to have to wait out the miserable years with this team. And there's been a lot of miserable years, but this is Kevin Adams first year. He's not going to go and start tinkering with the roster. He's not going to go and make trades. You have one of the top players on the team and and, and Casey Middlestad's been out all year. You know, there's, there's players that will continue to grow and make this team better in years to come. You know, guys like Peyton Krebs is getting a taste of the National Hockey League. Jack Quinn is going to get a taste. Doesn't mean they're going to be flying and, and, and putting up 60, 70, 80 points a year. It's going to take them years to develop um, and hone their skills in the NHL. Well, how many of these guys do you need? Here's So, so let's look at what they have in the, in the system, okay? Owen Power, we don't know what he's going to be in the NHL. We know what the what the... Well, he's the are, most he's the most surefire he's the most top pro- end defenseman that you can possibly get. He's he's six foot six, he's 220 pounds, he skates exceptionally well. He is a defender, he is uh he's got offensive instincts. He is he literally could be a Victor Hedman. He he could be a Victor Hedman. Weren't we saying this, this about Darlene? You know, I don't want to get too far off that point, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're sitting here and we're we're counting all our eggs while they're in our basket before they hatch. We don't know that all these guys are going to pan out. Paterka's having a nice year in the minors. Quinn's having a nice year in the minors. Um, you know, who? What more? What more do you want? What more do you want in this in this time of of de- development? I mean, they're exactly where they need to be in this organization. There is no rush to bring these players up and have them play full-time because I don't think J.J. Paterka is ready. Could he play in the NHL? Yes, he could. But there's a difference between thriving and surviving. And, and, and Paterka would be surviving in the National Hockey League at age 19 with, with more physical, mental, uh, spiritual growth in his game he is going to become a much better, much better player. He's 19 years old. There is no rush. There's no rush. Jack Quinn. I mean, he's had, he's had a damn good season in, in, in the minors. He was leading the league in points and goals in the minors as a 20-year-old kid. Does that mean he's ready for the NHL? No. 
Because I still think that he needs to add to his physical frame, his body. He needs to put on mass muscle. He needs to put in the work in the off season. He's 20 years old. He's just a kid. He needs time. You know, you got Matias Samuelson. You know, what is he? 21 turning 22, six foot five, 230 pound defenseman. He's getting opportunity. Should he be in the, should he be here right now? Should he be on the Buffalo Sabres? Who Damn was right that? Sorry, be. I was. Yeah, Matias Samuelson. Okay, Matias Samuelson. It's a no-brainer. He's better than literally five of our defensemen. But right now, we, why would you want to bring him into this shitball environment? That's a losing environment. It's a very tough situation to be in. I feel terrible for these young men. You don't think these guys are working? You don't think they care? They're okay, just, let me let me just not at the here. level. They sit there. They played against an all star team last night. Okay, fine. You played against an all star team, but guess what? That all star game last night, you're allowed to hit. Now, here's my issue with this. Would you say the Tampa Bay had the well, puck? You're for allowed most to of- hit, and then you got to deal with Patrick Maroon and and <sighs> Zach Bogosian and Searneck and uh, Foot. And well, we know, don't need those guys. We don't need those. Let me let me give you a stat here, Craig. How many hits do you think the Sabers had? Tampa, you think Tampa had the puck for most of the game last night? Yes. Yes. Very easy. I don't need to see a statistic on that. I don't need to see analytics on that. I watched the game. Tampa Bay dominated that game. Okay. How many? So for the amount of puck time that Tampa Bay had last night, how many? You can only hit guys that have the puck. So you can't go hit guys that don't have the puck. So if they had the puck for a vast majority of the game, and I'm going to tell you, I saw a lot of flybys again last night. I saw a lot of opportunities when a game is three, four, five, one, uh, six, one, where you could have just laid a hit on a guy. Yeah. Even if it was a couple seconds late, like, like take some penalties, take some fucking penalties. Okay. Have some goddamn guts. How's that going to work out? Oh, it doesn't matter. You're already down six one. What's the matter? What's the What's the so difference? What do you want it to be eight one? I don't you care. Take, you want to take penalties? That's make it hard. Way. Oh my God, Craig! You know exactly what I'm saying. Don't give me this shit. Listen, let, you're, you're looking at no. The hit let me count. give you my stat. Let me ask you: How many times you played against Max Finneganoff your whole life? You played it against Derek Roy your whole life. Okay, how hard was it to hit those guys? Yeah, it was hard. Okay, so now elevate times 10 Kucherov. That's why I said. Damn near impossible. That's why I said to you, if you got to get him a second late, get him a second late. Like, like what's what's the difference? I'm not talking about trying to hurt guys. I'm not talking about elbowing guys in the head. I'm not talking about fighting. I'm not talking about catching guys coming through the middle. You saw saw their third goal. You saw their fourth goal. You saw their fifth goal. Their fourth goal? That was the one where Darlene just left the guy in the side of the net. Like, let's not get into Darlene right now because I don't think Donnie Granado is throwing out the old. Uh, he's gonna. He has a highlight. Donnie Granado is trying to do his very best to try and make a miserable season something positive in this, and he knows that Darlene's going to be here for years. And once this team gets better, so does Rasmus Darlene. Rasmus Dahlin is coming into this league playing on the worst team in the league for years. I mean, he is not, he's not a great defensive player. He, he loses coverage like an insane amount. He's a deer in headlights. He's a puck But I'm going to tell you this. He is like having, he's, he's, he's almost like having an insanely skilled forward on the back end. 
because the way that he moves the puck and the way that he sees the game, um, if he were to play on a top end team, he would be he would be a completely different player. All right, let me let me give you this stat here. Okay, you tell me if a game like last night, and I, I think back to Lindy Ruff. I, I again, I have my my qualms with Lindy, but Lindy was a good hockey coach. Maybe he didn't treat his players right all the time, and he wasn't very you know uh, personable, so to speak. And he was really hard he on guys. Certain, he had a certain style. He was yeah. not a player's coach. He was not the, the you know the happy go lucky feel feel good guy. He was a very stern. Um, he wanted to use almost like a fear fear factor with with right. uh, with and, his and that doesn't always work. But what he expected from his players was not unfair. No, it was not, it was he, not unfair. He held, he held guys accountable. Held guys accountable. Now I want to know if these guys are being held accountable. What does what did these guys have in common after last night's game against Tampa Bay six one loss? Butcher, Pesek, Quinn, Darlene, Skinner, Murray, Olafson, Asplund, Bryson, and Bjork. What do they all have in common after last night's game? Zero in the hit column. Zero. Now I know what you're going to say. That's not their style of play. And that's not what's expected of them. Well, that's not right because I played for Jacques Lemaire and we had a star studded team. And I can tell you that uh, uh, Kovalchuk was expected to finish and from Kovalchuk to Rod Pelly. Okay. And Jarkov, we can't even remember his first name. Uh, they're expected to finish checks. That's how I was taught to play the game. That's how I was taught and learned in the NHL. What was expected on good teams. I know the Sabres aren't good team aren't a good team right now. I know they have some good young players, but that doesn't mean that you don't accept or that you accept the effort that each and every player puts out. Like Don Granado doesn't shorten his bench. Guys don't get benched. They keep getting chances to go out and play. And it drives me nuts. You know, you have, you know how many hits they had last night? They had 12 hits, 12 hits. Like, come on. You cannot tell me that when you, you play the Tampa Bay, what you can't catch. That's me. bullshit, Riv. That's because you, no, I'm not buying that as an excuse. I'm not buying that as an excuse. You can lose and lose with some gumption. You can lose and make it hard. When we played teams in 06, 07, teams, we were the president's trophy. We went 10 and 0 at the start of the year. We were unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. But our guys got hit. Our guys got hit, and they were shifty. Roy was shifty. Afinaganoff was shifty. Vanek was Vanek was slippery than more slippery than people even realize. And he was so a, who was your top player on that team? Uh, we had a few. Briere, though. Okay, so Danny Briere. So Briere would finish. Not checks. only he, Danny Briere would finish checks. By the way, he, he would he would block. He he's kind of like a very much uh, very similar to a, a Jeff Skinner type player in the way that he scores goals. Um. Dan Briere, Danny Briere, that's that's an insult to Briere. What you just said, I'm sorry, that's an insult to Briere. Okay, um, Chris Jury, how did he play? Hard, hard. How old was he? 
that time, 28, 29. 28, 29. But do you think he was? So you think he came in late? You think he stepped on Colorado as a rookie, won rookie of the year out of Boston University, and yeah. and was told you don't have to hit. No, but uh, do you know who was on his team then? Uh, I can probably name a vast majority of players that were Adam on his Foot, team. Adam uh, Foot, Joe Sackick. You know, you just go down the line. Work. I'm going to tell you right now. He learned from the people that were ahead of him. The elder statesman. There was a standard in which Chris Jury has learned how to play this game properly. Who's Dylan Cousins looking up to right now? He's 20 years old. He's the one who has the pressure on him to go out and compete and score and play against the other team's top lines. And he's 20. I have no issue Is with fair? Dylan Cousins game. He's just not surrounded by the by a, a, a good team. But I think that kid brings it on a nightly basis. Is he the answer and savior? Not alone. He's not. I think he's a 10 times better player than what he's actually showing. And this is the reason why the team's so bad that no one takes pressure off him. No one takes pressure off him. They're not good enough. It's always an uphill battle with this. Yeah, but you team. think Dylan Cousins has to feel like he has to go out and save the game on his own? I think he just. I think, I think he certainly has pressure. Yes. Well, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate for a yeah. kid like that because because I think I think the way he plays is just kind of like not. I don't mean like this one when I move my arm like this. I mean flat. I just mean like consistent, steady game that that. I, that I think every team would like to have. I think he knows how to play hockey the right way. But yeah, I think, I but I'll I tell you what I do think. I don't think. think he's anywhere near where he should be. Well, do you want to know what and I think? And where he's going to get to. He's in, he is in uh, a huge development curve. And again, he's on a very bad team that is, you know, Alex Tuck is out and, and it, it's there. There's multiple players, Casey Middlestat, all these guys coming back into the lineup, take pressure off certain players. And it just becomes more natural in the way that they play right now. It's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough, like you watching that game last night. And, and I, and I sat there and I watched it with my older son, Nate. And we, and we clicked over to Vancouver playing, um, uh, Florida. We actually were giggling because they're two different games. The speed in which the speed in which they play is completely different. Though how they move the puck up the ice. The one thing, the one thing that I look at with, with Darlene and how he, his skill set is off the chart but he slows the game down to a snail's pace. And it's, <clears throat> I just don't think it's, it's not beneficial for our transition game right now, but I don't even want to get into that. I mean, we've, we've, uh, you know, I don't want to dissect the knock game them down you. enough. And I, I, I feel super bad for these young men. 
Well, I don't and, even and, knock and them down. And they're knock, and they're I'm not, not knocking quit. them down. I, I understand where they're at. I understand what Kevin Adams is trying to do. I understand the distance that we are away from from being a, a, a really good team when these players, well, I shouldn't say really good team because we don't really know how good these guys are going to turn out. And not only that, my concern isn't the young players that are coming up. My concern is how are you going to surround them with players that don't want to come here? Who wants to come to Buffalo right now? I talked to a former teammate of ours, both of ours, who said, man, it is really hard to look at the Sabres fans right now in the stands and this team. He said, because I played here when we were good and it hurt, it, it actually hurts to see because it's the greatest hockey market. He said, it's the greatest hockey market. This guy's played in a few places. He's played in Canada. He's played all over the U S he said, this is a great hockey market. One of the best hockey markets in the entire NHL. He's like, how am I watching more blue seats than fans? He said, it's sickening to see. Yeah. He said, and that is not, it is not a re- just due to the, res- to the, to the team that's on the ice. Listen, There's a lot the deeper Sabres issues. The only, the Sabres aren't the only team out there that have gone through a long patch of trying to develop the right team. Okay. The Sabres are not the only team, but they're They've an had- unbelievable hockey market compared to the Arizona's that you're talking about. The Edmonton. I don't care if Edmonton has McDavid. There's not a fucking chance. Star players are going to sign unless you're getting Duncan Keith, who wants to go back out West. You're getting a couple other guys that want to go play with McDavid. But I mean, those guys that they're getting aren't the answers. You're not the the guys that are going to be the answers to your team. They're going to the Vegases. They're going to start going to the Rangers. They're going to even go to the Leafs. Nobody wanted to sign in Toronto 10 years ago. Yep. And here we are. You got and guys they went, that are. They itching. went through a horrible, horrible rebuild. Yeah. But well, where and did their at, rebuild really start? Where? What? No, not when and what player. Where did they build their team before they started to build it on the ice? Let me help you out. Shanahan, Lamorello. They brought in Jacques. They brought in Babcock. They brought in names that when you are drafted or you come to that team, you look at it and you're like, I do not want to fuck around here. I do not want to mess up here. I do not want to screw this up because I don't want to disappoint these guys. We don't have a president of hockey ops here. We don't have guys that are like decorated out the ass with, with Stanley cups. We brought in an analytics guy. You brought in the guy from Carolina because he has a relationship with the general manager who's as raw in this league as a general manager as you're going to get. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know where, where the issue lies here, to be quite honest with you. Because it's not just, it, how are you going to, how are you Well, going it's to, not going to be a, a flick of the switch with this team. It's going to be, it's going to be years. Well, the, I'm going to tell you something, man. The light bulbs have been burnt out from that switch for 10 straight, 11, 12 straight years. So my question, so I sit here as I wrap this up with you, it's not about the team that's on the ice. It's about the type of players that can and can't do what is required to make your team look like they give a shit 
when they're down three nothing, down four nothing, down five one, down the six team, one. The team has not been built that way. Talked about that for years. I've talked about well. When when do you years. when do you start trying something different? When do you start trying something different? Like and and start bringing in guys that actually make the other team uneasy. Uh, it's not going to happen. Why? Because it exactly. hasn't happened in 10 years. We've been talking about this for 10 years. Well, who's denying that from happening? That's my I question. Know. I don't know either. Question. You don't need fighters. You just need guys that, uh, that are, that, that are uh, you know, play a certain role on the team. And right now it just seems like, uh, you know, there's, there's no roles on this team. And that's the biggest issue that we have. We do not know who plays what role on this team. You look at the back end. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you look at that back end. We got to get to JR. Uh, but we do have, I mean, I have a ton of questions here and you're welcome to stick around and answer them after, but I want to answer some of these questions because I sent the questions out last night at 9.54 and I said, we will record after the whistle tomorrow. Feel free to ask any questions. I received, I don't know how many I received, 40 something responses, 42. And I think, I think we should get to them. Some of them, the good ones that are legitimate. And I'd like to, if you want to stick around and do it, otherwise I'll answer them. But let's get to Jeremy Roenick. Anything else you want to add? Nope. I hope Uka Pekalukanen's okay. He's got an injury. He's got a history of injury problems. And supposedly he was seen walking out of the rink last night. No crutches, no boot. So it leads me to think of, you know, groin, hip flexor, abdominal. Who knows what it could be? I, I don't know. But who knows? <sighs> Hercules, 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 Hercules. I bet Craig doesn't know that movie. Hercules, Hercules. Uh, Come on, man. It's hilarious. Hercules, Hercules. Great movie. Uh, Give me a, give me a. Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. What? Um, um, When he was wearing the red. um, No, it's not. He's a police officer. When what? He's he's the like undercover cop, isn't he? That's the only Eddie Murphy yeah. movie that Riv can probably mention. Or no, AJR is uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> is that it? No. no. The, the 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 crumps or uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's 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 a it was that was the clumps were a spinoff of spin-off. that. Yes. Yeah. But you're right. close. Nutty Professor. Nelly professor. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Jr. I, I sent out a, I sent out a tweet last night. I don't, I, there's no expectation for you to have watched the Sabres game, but I'm not sure if you happen to watch the Sabres game or not, but I watched the score. I watched the score. I, I did. I have to tell you, you know, I did move into my new house that is getting renovated. So I don't have TVs in my house yet. So I kind of watch everything from my phone and I jump okay. around and, and I, okay. I see, I, I, I saw it was a drubbing. Yeah, well, it was it was it was a drubbing, and the the score could have been a lot Stuff. worse. Score Stuff. could have been a lot worse, but but we just beat up on the team a little bit there. But here's my reason for asking you that. So I, I sent out a tweet last night just saying we will record after the whistle tomorrow. Feel feel free to ask any questions. So we got some great responses and everything. But Ryan Miller, okay, Ryan Miller chimes by, by in. By the way, by by the way, one of the classiest guys ever. 
one of the classiest guys ever. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I've always loved Brian Miller. And oh I never my got God. To say, I never, I never, I never romance. Got to say, I never got to say congratulations to him. So if you if you do talk to him, tell him I said congratulations. No, I I, I will. I I sat beside him for five years in Buffalo. I played awesome. in the minors with him. He was in my wedding party. That didn't really work out though. But anyway, so um, <laughs> he he responded. He responded to uh, to my my tweet. He said. And he, it's a movie quote because he and I would only talk in movie quotes. Okay. You're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you'll probably get this. If not, don't worry about it. But it was a, it was a early two thousands, maybe late nineties movie, early two thousands. And uh, he wrote, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and mozzarella sticks. And I'll tell you, that's a good one. That's I'll tell you one. what my response was to it. If I'll give you five seconds here. No, I won't get it. I don't know it. Okay. And the response is shenanigans. You guys are talking about shenanigans, right? And then the, the, the chief says, the next one of you that mentions the word shenanigans, I'm going to pistol whip. Super troopers. Never, never, see, never saw super troopers. Never saw it. No. You're fucking kidding me. No, never saw it. Now I have to watch it. I'm actually oh driving. My God. Hey, hey, I'm actually driving cross country to, uh, on Saturday. I'm driving to Florida. I'm going to watch Super Troopers on my drive to Florida. Now Please. that I have the, I'm going to do it. No. Oh you my, Jr. Do you still have the TV setups in your car? Uh, no, that, that no, that car is that those cars are gone. But I used to have the the TV and the, the dashboard. I rigged. So you can put the, all the movies right on the on the dashboard camera. And so, and didn't you have a great big thing on the top of the uh, yeah, not the hood, mm-hmm. but the 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 top yeah, of your had a, truck? Had a satellite dish, had like a satellite, a satellite dish. dish. Yeah, and Jarrah would <laughs> yeah. watch poker driving from San Jose to what uh, Arizona? Arizona, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would watch. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch everything, but you know, I am a poker poker nut, but. Um, yeah, I, it, I I put a little satellite dish on top of DirecTV satellite dish and it connected it right to the middle console. And I, somebody knew how to rig it. And it was it was awesome. It was the best way to travel. Awesome. I yeah. wish I had it now. I wish I had it now, but oh well. But I'm gonna watch Super Troopers for you, PD. I gotta I gotta I gotta check it out. If you say make me that it. promise. Make make me that promise. I'm almost done. Unfuck yourself. So. Okay, holidays kind of slowed me down on that and then i forgot i even had the book and then here i yeah. am on, yeah. unpacking from my trip to canada from uh from for the right. holidays and then here here i found the book again so i gotta finish it but i i i will i will watch it i will watch it i i will i, I i'm curious i'm curious because you brought up the buffalo game last night and, and you tweeting out all the questions now, it's a two-part question number one i want to hear a couple of the questions Number two, do you guys find it that you that you bash Buffalo a lot more now that they didn't bring you back and kind of? Oh no they, no no no! For, of, they did, it's not that they didn't bring us back. Just so we're clear, we opted to go our own way. We we're heartbroken so, about it. That, we were heartbroken about it. Well, but, they didn't they didn't fight hard enough to keep you guys because you guys were the best thing that they had. Well, they didn't fight you. hard enough to keep you guys. So. Yeah, Do I no. think we bash them? No, I no, listen. I'll be I, honest. I think we we've we haven't we barely talked about them this year. Oh, really? Okay. So you know, it it we haven't talked a whole lot about them. 
I'll, I'll say this. Um, I guess bash them. I, I wasn't Craig. Was I bashing them? Yes. <laughs> so we, we, Jr. Before you yeah. came on, we did like uh, thirty minutes of uh, you know Sabers talk, and uh, I mean, watching the game, it was rough. It was rough. And and yeah. here's the thing: I feel for these guys. I really do. It's not like they're not trying. It's just they're they're playing against Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point and Stamkos and Kalorn and Palat and I mean Sorelli and it, you just go down the line of this team is loaded with mm-hmm. offense, defense, goaltending, everything. And um, you know, they're this is a team that uh, you know, we have a lot of our players that are that are out. Casey Middlestat's a big part of this team right now, Alex Tuck, um, you know, Kyle Poso players like that are not in the lineup. So and, and, I, yeah. and, and so JR, just so you know where I was coming from had nothing to do with the expectation of them winning that game it had nothing to do yeah, with that. No. And I, and I emphasize that point. My issue is how come it doesn't like if you're, I don't care if you bring up five East coast league players, like, and you, even if you have guys that on the roster that, Maybe you're minor league players, like really good minor league players. How hard is it to show some passion, some give a shit, some gumption, some like it's, it's, I'm not even going to say that it wasn't effort, but it's like desperation. Like you, you're playing against Tampa Bay and you have 10 guys. You're down six, one, five, one, four, nothing, three, nothing to like you're, you're, you have 10 guys on the game sheet that don't have hits. They don't register a hit and I'm not yeah. looking for guys to go out and clock guys. And Craig made the point. How hard is it to hit uh, uh, Briere and Roy when you played in a Finneganoff? I'm like, yeah, they're hard. And I told you guys the story about Crosby sidestepping me. And, and like, I thought I was going to smoke them. Like, yeah, these guys are slippery. I get it. But that doesn't mean like you can't go out of your way to. Yeah. But I think that that's that, that mentality is, is gone in professional sports. I think, I think it's gone with the generation that we're seeing. We're seeing a generation of, of and I'm obviously, I don't mean everyone, but there are a lot of babies. There are a lot of pajama boys. There are a lot of people who fucking get pissed off, like upset because it's not going their way. And instead of, instead of standing at the table and pounding your chest and getting pissed, they climb under the table, they fucking pout and they whine and they quit. And they're like, Oh, okay, whatever. There's, it's, it's the, I think it's an entitlement. It is a coddling that has had, it's created a, a, a mentality that, there's, it's easier to give up and to let's go fight another day rather than put the effort in. Let's, let's cause some pain. Let's make it hard. Let's give it, you know, another chance. Let's fight to the end and bite and scratch and claw at least have a little respect at the end of the game. Um, and And that's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking. I didn't once say fight. I didn't once say hit somebody and hurt them. I said, I said, make it hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. make it hard. Like, what was the last how game? How about, how about Washington Capitals yesterday? 
They're playing the Boston Bruins. That, now, the Boston Bruins is a, is, is a, a, a original six team, one of the top teams in the league. They got great. They have great star players on it. They're playing in Washington. Washington comes out, scores the first two goals, and Boston goes and rattles seven goals off in a row. And Washington looks like they've never played the game before. Almost like they just totally like just went, you know, took their brains, opened the top of their head, pulled it out and threw it away for the rest of the game. And there was no bite back. If somebody scores seven goals in a row on you, don't you think that there should be some, some major bite or some anger or some, you know, some choppiness that's going on? No, Washington just, just, do it, do it away. Uh, so is that just, day. is that the league internally right now moving forward? Is that what we're, is that what we're seeing? Because, you know, I mean, again, as a, as a fan and I'm a, I'm a, I live here in Buffalo and watching the Sabres play against the Tampa Bay lightning last night. I, I know how good Tampa Bay is. I know the star studded talent that they have, but it's like, what was more concerning to me and mind boggling was the players that I was watching on the Sabres. Like it's been years and years and years of where, where are all of these draft picks and high end players? And like, I just don't understand. Like, you know, you look at our, you look at our Jack, Sam Risto, they're gone. You know, it's just like, it's, it's concerning because it's going to be years before this team is competitive. It's not, it's not next year, which is, which is sad because Buffalo has one of the best fan bases in all of sports. Well, and, not anymore. And, well, the listen, lowest attendance in the league right now, lowest well, viewership of their games too. From what I understand they're they're I mean, people are fed up. Well, listen, there's, I, I, I don't blame them. And which is why I said it's sad because, you know, they, their, their, their fan base is strong. And usually when they do when usually when they were on TV, it was one of the biggest, Biggest, yeah. most watched watch games in the league. Um, then Pittsburgh, Chicago, all those teams, New York Rangers. But you can fans will only take so much, and you know who knows who who knows how long it's going to take. I mean, Edmonton looked like it turned around this year, and then boom, they step right back into the shit. So, and it becomes an attitude. I swear to God, guys, the, the players these days are so. They're so comfortable and they're so comfortable because they make so much money. And we've said this before. I love that they make their money. If someone's going to pay them the amount of money, I never was looking at a player and say, you know what? Shame on you for making that much money. You better perform to earn it. But if you earn it and play for it, that's great. I don't care how much money these guys, I I wish they make as much as they possibly can. The problem is, is the, the amount of money that they make, it creates the comfort level it makes them it, it it doesn't allow them to have that fight that fear of losing their job or fear of of what's going to happen to me if i'm not not playing and that that's a tough that's a tough way to go into a season into a game because when these guys leave the rink i'm telling you right now when they leave the rink they don't think about the game anymore i bet you 90 percent of them they leave everything that happens at the rink at the rink and they don't go over things and they don't think about it again until they step back in the rink. Now, if you're a professional athlete, I don't know how you were, Riv, or you, Petey, but on game days, I would wake up on the morning of a game day 
And I was thinking about the game from the moment I woke up until the game started. Like I was going through things in my head. I was going through like different scenarios I'd be in. I'd picture myself scoring a big goal, making a big hit at practice, at lunch, in my, you know, when I'm falling asleep, I'm thinking about that game. After the game, I'd be pissed off. I'd go home. You know, I'd, I'd have a couple of beers. If I, if we lost, I'd, I'd have a couple of conversations with my wife about it or my, or my buddies would call. I'd go to sleep and then I would leave it alone. But I think these guys literally, they, they turn it on when they step on the ice and they turn it off when they step off of it. And if you want to be a professional, a good professional, and one that just is a grinder and gets pissed, there has to be more than just the 60-minute game of thinking about this game. And I don't think these guys do that. I think they're just too, they're too comfortable. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's the answer. I, I, I mean, I, it sounds logical. Are we going to answer some of these questions? I'm curious to know to to know some of the questions that these people have. Uh, oh yeah, I, I didn't. In. Well, here's here's why I wasn't going to necessarily throw the questions at Jr. Was simply I didn't know if he cared to hear them. But I, I, I yeah, I said that first when we were starting the show. I, okay, I so yeah, uh, you it. got you got Ryan Miller's about that, but uh, who's saying what in the locker room right now? Uh, mm-hmm. Here's here's one. Do you feel that the coach for our team is the right coach, and why? I personally don't see any improvement. What say you? And I, I guess I'll ask you that, Jr. Because you know, you say I don't think these kids are are made that way. But I, I mean, I think about a guy like uh, Craig Berube. You know, I think about a guy like like these types of guys. These, you know, and I, I you know, even a Babcock. Even you know, I mean, like love him or hate him, or I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I'll even I'll even maybe go as far as tip it in, in Edmonton. I, I don't know, but I have to imagine that, that some of it has to be the coach saying, this is how we're going to play tonight against this team. We have to shut them down when they like, if I'm, if I'm going into the locker room before last night's game, I'm saying guys, every time they have the puck, whether it's in your makeup or not, you have to finish the check. You don't have to put them through the boards, but you got to eliminate them. You got to make them stop skating. You got to slow them down. You got to wear them down and you got to make it difficult on them. These are the fucking Stanley cup champs, not once, but two times and not in the last five years, both in the last two years, you have to play a certain way. If you want to even be in the game, that would, that's what I would say. Well, I, I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that a coach has to be very, has to be very hands-on and rely on their assistant coaches too. So I don't know what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, but you do have to coach differently for different teams. I mean, you have a system and you have a system of how you play, but these guys are good enough that you can, you, you guys can flip from game to game. I mean, these guys are talented enough. They're smart enough. If you're playing a certain team that has a different, a different makeup, you got to, you have to play differently. You have to play to who you're playing against. And I, and I do believe if you look at some, at some of the best teams in the league, right, there's usually two or three guys on a team that are workhorses that are talented, that are workhorses that um, demand, I think, um, that leadership that, you know, to follow them, Bergeron, Marshawn, 
Stamkos, Point, Edmund. Um, you know, you look at, at guys like that, that, that make the team follow them, right? Rantanen, Landeskog, McKinnon. And are we just too young right now? Because, you know. We, yeah, I think for sure. You I know, Dylan Cousins young, is, is one of those guys, I think. In, in, but he's 20 years old, JR. Yeah. On a really you're bad You're definitely team. young. Yeah, you're definitely young. And I'll tell you what, there's, there's a lot of frustration. And, and they are sinking into and, and, and or have accepted the, 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 the loss, the L. And you can never accept an L. Never. You can't accept it. You can, you can understand it and, and try not to, but I would, you, I, hey, Riv, I played with you, man. I know what, I know what you were like after a loss. You weren't fun to be around. Not at all. Cause you got pissed. And I just don't know whether these guys in Buffalo now are getting pissed at losing anymore. And that's, that, that, yeah, becomes, but who, a, but that, that who, becomes a big problem to change. That becomes hard to change. Who are the guys that are in the lineup to help navigate this? Alex Tuck is one of those guys. Well, he's just yeah. he's just new to the organization. He's just coming back from injury. He's on the COVID uh, you know, protocol. And and you know, he he's been in the lineup for how many games, Petey? Three? Uh, not many. Right? I not, mean not many. I'll I'll double check that right now, but not many like, at all. You, you look at the back end. You look at the you look at our back end. You have Yoki Haru, who's a young kid. You have Darlene, who's a young kid. Uh, Jacob Bryson is a young kid. You know, Colin Miller is is I think done a favorable job under the circumstances of playing on bad teams all this all this time. But you know, Mark Pisick, Mark Pisick wasn't even playing defense the last couple of years. Yeah, a forward. Mm. Tuck has played three games, well, and Tuck Tuck is a guy that I think. And I'm not saying this because it's bias and I, you know, I love the kid and love the family, but I think Tuck is, is a type of player that tries to go out and bring that extra bit of energy. If he can, you know, solely, solely do it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to do as a one man band, but Riv, you were asking about, uh, you know, can Dylan cousins go out and do it and who's he following? I think Tuck is that kind of guy that cousins can follow. Yeah. But that's one guy. I know. I know one guy. It's not enough. Yeah. But then, but you gotta. You, I, I wonder if anybody. And it was a good question by one of the by one of the the fans there. Who's saying what in the locker room? Like, and I know Kyle Poso is not playing right now, but Kyle Poso is the is the guy that's been around a while and he, a guy who's been through the fucking war, not only on the ice but off the ice, you know, personally and professionally who's a guy I think he's very respected. It's a guy like that that needs to stand up and, and, and raise his voice, not reason, not go say, guys, come on now. We have to play better. We have to do what the coach tells us. Come on, guys, let's go. No, it's in people's faces and challenging them and raising their voice. And sometimes being that big brother that pisses the younger brother off because he loves them. Yeah. Not because he not because he's going to demean him and he wants him to feel bad, but because he wants he wants better for him. And too many people nowadays are worried about hurting somebody's feelings. Well, this, there comes a point where feelings don't matter anymore, boys. 
And I love Kyle Oposo. I think Kyle Oposo is one of the two classiest people yep. that's ever that's ever laced up the skates. And if you've ever met him, if you ever talked to him, you would feel the same way in an instant. And I think he's got the credibility and the and the ability to do that. I just wonder if he feels comfortable doing it. But somebody has to do it. Can I, don't see can I ask else. you about a, Can I ask you about a specific player? Like we have a twenty-year-old player. He'll be twenty-one on February 9th. Dylan Cousins. Okay, uh, seventh overall pick. He's played seventy-three games in the NHL. Um, but I think he brings it. I think how many points Craig, in seventy-three games? Uh, why do points matter? With what I'm about to say, twenty-eight. But my my question. My question is this, you know, he's a guy that I think Craig's right. There's more to his game than what we're getting right now, which is fair, but he's a kid and I, I can live with that. So, and I, I said, I think it's unfair to, 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 for him to be alone out there last night anyway, because they're missing some key guys, as we pointed out, but can, can that guy do it? JR? Like, I mean, it's not like we have a room full of Jeremy Roenick's. We don't have any Mark Reckies. We don't have any, you know, guys like that. I'm not, I mean, I, I mean, I can go on Gary Roberts, some, some of the great leaders of the game, but can you get a guy like that on this team? Who's young, who does go out and put the effort in. And I think he leaves it on the ice every night, whether he's, he's trying against yeah. the Tampa Bay lightning or not. Like, like at what point can a guy stand up where it's kind of like, fuck when off. He, when he can stand up. If you, if, if it's noticeable and you, you guys know, we see it. We see it when we're sitting on the bench we see it when we're sitting in the stands. We see when a guy cares. We see a guy finish their hit. We see a guy busting his ass. We see a guy laying in front of a shot. I mean, you see effort, right? Yeah. You see it. And for me, I don't care how old you are. If you're 20 years old and you go on the ice and you do your job and you do your job in a, in, in a, in a hard effort every night, now, you might not get the results point-wise because a lot goes into scoring and getting assists. You, have, you need help. I mean, you can go into the right areas. You go into those high-traffic areas and, and give yourself a better opportunity and a high, more higher percentage to score, which, again, you will see if the kid does things right every single night. But if you do put in that work and you sacrifice and you play physical, you knock somebody through, through the boards, then yeah, 21, you can step in and say, wake the fuck up, boys. Like, Jesus Christ. You well, know? let me just tell you this. If a 20-year-old kid is having to do that, then that's your big problem. Can Alex talk to that after three games? 100,000%. I think so. I, I truly believe so, yes. Um, now, I, He's going to have to. He's going to have to. I, I know Alex and I know he's one of those guys that has a, has, he does have a, he has an edge to him. He does have a little bit of ego, which he needs. And I think every athlete needs, um, he just, he just has to make sure he doesn't go, go start his tender with Buffalo saying, I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to like me because that's not, that's not what Alex Tuck is there for have everybody like him. But unfortunately there's a lot of people in today's world that they care more about who likes them rather than, you know, making, being honest. Ruffling feathers. I, I, yeah, I think Alex can do it, but is there somebody telling him he needs to do it? Does he realize 
that maybe he could be the guy to do it or he should be the guy to do it. He's coming from a very successful team. Right. So I mean, he was traded he, for this team's franchise player who they literally threw away a season mm-hmm. to get as a consolation prize. So, I mean, you know, like I, I would have no problem with a guy like that doing it. I mean, unfortunately, he's he, he wasn't in the lineup last night, but I use him as an example only because like if he were in the lineup last night and he had only played three or four games, it is, you know, like you said, I don't want, I don't want, you know, him to, to come in here and do that. And then, you know, guys be like, oh, you know, like what an asshole, you know, he's only been yeah. here a month. You know what I mean? But I thought that's kind of what. Here's a question for you. And I don't know the answer to this. What's the ratio of European players to North American players on Buffalo? Um, uh, let me take a one. Two. I would think that there's more uh, 70 30 for. I'm going to go seven, 70 30 for uh, North American hmm. players. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and, and the yeah that's I, probably right. Uh, and the reason, uh, the reason I. Go ahead. Go ahead. The re- just the reason I ask, because I, I think when, when you have a, a, a more. A European based team. I think your Europeans seem to be a little bit more um, skeptical of being verbal, of being loud, of being in your face. Um, you know, they play, they'll play, they're obviously talented as hell, but whether it's the, the language barrier or that they're, they don't feel comfortable uh, in. I think it's the way they were brought up. And the way they were brought up. And, I mean, and, you talk to the Finns, the Swedes, they're yep. like their personalities are so nice, right? They're like yep. they're like they're they're like the the sweetest people ever. And it's not in their DNA. But I mean that could I I just didn't know what the ratio was in Buffalo. You know? Uh here we'll get on to another question here. Um it's a great question too. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, why has this organization not put a higher value on energy and intimidating type players? The forwards don't hit the smaller D men don't hit or score. It's an easy game physically for opponents. Most nights they need to be, there needs to be better balance on the roster. Did we already kind of touch on that a little bit at the start? Who wrote that? Uh, that's from, uh, he doesn't have a name. It's like, it just says bills for the money. Yeah. Why? Because I agree with everything that he just said. You know, mm-hmm. there, there hasn't been any emphasis at all building a team. They're just, you know, for years and years, they've brought in band-aids. Okay. Not the right type of player to help um, guide and, and make those younger players feel comfortable at all costs. And I mean, this team for years, we've been saying this for so long, PD and I don't want to, it's like a broken record, but I, I just feel like they haven't had the right makeup of players to help forge the team move forward and have an identity. It's they have not had an identity in 10 years. Yeah. And, and it's, it's it's such a good point, Riv, because an identity is is so is so important in pro sports, right? How many times did did uh, you go into when you're playing for Montreal? 
Riv, and you're going into Boston. You're like, this is going to be a bitch, man. This is going to be a bitch. How many times I went into St. Louis and I'm like sitting in my stall. I'm sitting in my stall when I'm playing for the Hawks. I'm going into St. Louis. I'm like, I'm I'm nervous as shit because I know there's going to be a lot of pain in this game. I know I'm going to get punched in the face. I know I'm going to get slashed. I know they're going to be barking at me. It's going to be it's going to be a long sixty minutes, and it's that's the mentality. People coming to the Chicago Stadium in the late '80s, early '90s, walking up those stairs and listening to that organ and all those fans roaring, and knowing that we were going to come out and we were going to fucking steamroll them in the first five minutes with every person that touched that puck was going to get hit. There's going to be a fight in the first five minutes of every game at Chicago Stadium if you're coming to play the Blackhawks, and that was the mentality that Mike Keenan wanted. And Mike Keenan made it uncomfortable in that locker room every single day. Every day, he did not want us comfortable because comfort leads to complacent, uh, to be complacent. And in this day, that's the thing. You have to have an identity. Whether that identity is a physical, very, very um, defensive, mean team, maybe you're not going to score, but you can play defense and you can hit. And you can slash and you can be hard on pucks. Yeah. That you can control. You can't control whether you score goals. You Great know, question here. <laughs> let me ask, let, hold on. Let me ask you really quick. Let me Go ask ahead. You really quick. Go ahead. With the exception of Crosby, you have Crosby, Gensel, and Latang on Pittsburgh. Okay. Crosby is obviously, he's Crosby. He's older. He's not the same Crosby that we know. Malkin's been out. Well, he came wow. back last night and scored two. Not a big deal. First game back. Awesome. Fan- I, I love it. I'm one of my favorite players ever. Anyway, but Pittsburgh has been the, the hottest team in the National Hockey League by far. By far. And they've had the most injuries. They've had the, the, the you know, they probably have. You're, you're not going to win with just Genzel and, and, and Matang and Crosby. But their team... They play with a, a bite and a defensive mentality that drives teams crazy. And that's why, I mean, I think, I think Mike Sullivan's one of the best coaches in the game and probably is probably up leading the charge for the Jack Adams best coach of the year, but he has them play into an identity. You can win without having the best players because you know what they say, hard work will beat talent seven days a week when talent doesn't want to work. But again, right. JR, if you, if you go as a coach and you want to build a certain identity, you want your team to play a certain way, but you just don't have the type of players to play what you want, how are you supposed to win? How are you supposed to do what you need to do? Great question, Best, man. Let me ask you this, it's JR. Okay. It's a great question. And to spin off of that, I said to Craig, Craig goes, well, you don't have those types of players. I'm like, well, we talk about in the playoffs, guys playing out of character all the time. Like, you can't tell a bunch of guys that are going out to play the Tampa Bay lightning and who we know what they, we know what they are. You can't ask them to play out of character for one night to not get embarrassed. Not like you, you can't, you can't tell me, you can't tell me Anders. Is it Anders Bjork? I don't even know. Is it yeah. Anders Bjork? It's Anders Bjork. Yeah. You're telling me Anders Bjork, Victor Olofsson. Like you can't tell me that coach can't say Petey guys. We need you to play this way, or we don't have a fucking chance. 
Well, I'm going to tell you guys a story. When Listen, I but I, again, let me, let me just, before you go there, JR, you're talking about Victor Olison. He has been one of the best power play specialists and how he runs that power play for years. Do you watch him five on five? Yeah, he's awful. It's an understatement. <laughs> no, it, 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 listen, if you think that you're going to win hockey games with Victor Olson, then you're mistaken because he has not shown in three years that he has been here, that he is prepared to do what it takes to win a hockey game. It's not just about scoring goals. Scoring goals is just a product of how you play. Okay. There's other that's things all, that you that's all the kid wants to do too, is score goals. If he only plays in the power play. Exactly. Like he, right, yeah. I mean, there's no four check. There's no back check. There's he hasn't hit. A, he hasn't hit a guy in three years. He has not been anywhere around the net. He refuses to go anywhere near the net. He's hmm. a perimeter player. Hmm. Super skilled. He's got, he's a great skater. Got great hockey IQ, but guess what? That's not good enough. In, in, in today's game, you have to play the right way. And, and you look at him, like, go and, look at, go and look at the offensive output that he's put up in the last three years, five on five. Yeah, I'll do that while JR's telling his story because I want to hear this. Well, story. I mean, I, I just think, you know, there comes a time, there comes a time in an in a, in a organization where sometimes, sometimes you, you, you have to put the foot down and I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to tell a story of what, of, of how I was now. I'm, I was different. It was a different league back then, but I used to be a guy that was all offense, no physicality whatsoever. I like when I was in high school, I didn't hit anybody. I just didn't hit anybody. It was just skated and score goals. Tony Amante and I just, just skated, score goals, ripped up the league. When I got to the National Hockey League at 18, I'm 158 pounds playing against guys that are 230, 240, you know, 210, just and monsters. And still, my my I'll remember this is the second game I ever played. We're playing in the preseason game at Kalamazoo. And the defenseman had the puck. I skated right at him to get him to get they went D to D and I swung away, swung away from him. He did D to D behind the net, and I swung away and chased the puck. Classic well, superstar move. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, swing away, go, go chase the puck again. Well, I did this for two periods. The third period, I did it again, and I came to the bench, and Mike Keenan ran down the bench, and he grabbed me by the neck, and he squeezed me so hard I could barely breathe, and he pulled me back off the bench and literally got his face in my face and said, if you ever fucking swing away from another check again, you fucking pussy. You'll never play another fucking game in this league for me ever again. I'll fucking bury you. You fucking finish every and spitting all in me, right? And then he pushed me back up and I'm sitting there literally like scared to death, almost, almost in tears, right? This is like the biggest brow beating I've ever gotten in hockey, let alone first game from Mike Keenan, second game from Mike Keenan. So I'm like, okay, I got to do one thing. Either I got to change my game and be physical at 158 pounds or take the risk of not, play, not playing for the Blackhawks. Well, that's an easy decision. And 
I found that my speed and I hit people and people liked it. And I ended up liking it. I didn't like the ice bags that I had on after every single game and, and, and the injuries that I got. But at some point you, you got to make players make a decision. And if they don't make the decision that's right for the team, then they don't play. Do you think, do you think that he, do you think that you could have received that message any other way that it would have been, it would have been received by you uh, to, to do that? Is there, or do you think Mike Keenan had the best approach for Jeremy Roenick at that time? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, everybody's different, right? Everybody takes things differently. Um, did I like Mike at the, at the time that he, that he yelled at me like that? No, no. I thought he was an asshole. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, I, I responded, but I look back on it now at 52, almost 52. And I'm like, that, that changed the course of my career. That, that changed the course of, of, of the type of player that I, that I became. That's that moment specifically. Um, Any veterans come up to you after that and say like, Hey, listen, like he does that with everybody. Just do, you know, mm-hmm. don't take it personally nope. or anything. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Not one. Not one. I mean, Steve Larmer, Steve Larmer was always the guy. They had the probably reason, right? already seen that mm-hmm. multiple times over the course of their, their career with, you know, under Mike, uh, Mike Keenan, right. So or other coaches yeah. for that matter. Or other coaches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the coaching, coaching back, you know, what, 15, 20 years ago was completely different than what it is now. I mean, yeah. There's no way that you could coach. There's no way that Mike Keen, Mike Keenan, and and the no. way that he coached his players. There's no way that that would be able to fly in today's society. Yeah, I, I know, but that's kind of that, that's kind of like the only way. That's like really the only way that you can scare the shit out of these guys to make the, to joggle their brains a little bit. But you're right; you can't do it anymore. You just can't because it's they're, they're too it's it's too much of a pajama pajama club. It's a pajama uh, they, club. Even, even the players are going to the team HR <laughs> if that happens nowadays. Yeah, I know. Um, let me just get to a couple funny questions here, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. We can we'll wrap up the questions. As I got some, we got to talk Evander Kane with you, uh, Jr. But here's a here's a good one. Do you think the Sabres can get Kodak Black to be the new in-house DJ? He's the guy that the video I sent last night in Florida. It turns out he wasn't having sex with her. Apparently that was a dance move that they've done. And that's why they were doing it in the open. Like the two of them have danced like that. But I mean, if you had told me they were having sex. That's a pretty cool dance studio that they, that they learned their moves (laughs) from. I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's not a bad dance move. And then here's another one on that question. Someone wrote a uh, Buffalo fan. He says, uh, how long to cook a nine pound Turkey? I mean, it just goes to show you the, the different, the different uh, scale of questions that hey, you listen, Kodak, Kodak, Kodak black is just, is giving people something to watch at a, at a, at a Buffalo game. That's all. I, I tell you what, because <laughs> it's, it's not good on the ice. Might as well watch something off. Um, and then here's the last one. Here's the last one. Where is it? it it's it was a. Uh, it involves you, uh, Jr. It says uh, here it is. You probably saw it. It was on your Twitter handle, uh, Greg from Las Vegas. Thank you for having Jeremy Roenick on the new show. 
And what were the feelings of management of the old show regarding JR? Well, I'll tell you when, when, when that all happened, JR, I remember I By went way, to thanks, a, Greg. Thanks, Greg. You're the best. Thanks buddy. You know what? And I, I, I remember I asked our old boss, uh, you know, shortly after, because, you know, I mean, I wanted to keep having you on. I mean, it's like, you know, we don't have to cancel him. Like he's, he's great on our show. He's, you know, like why? And, yeah. and so I just sent a message saying, Hey, can we have, uh, can we get JR on again? And his response was, what do you think? That was the text. And I'm just like, well, whoever said, what do you think is a fucking, that's what he is. He's a fucking, that's what I, that's what I say. So sorry, let's, let's, sorry, sorry. I'm canceled already. This is not, me to him. Sorry. No, not on our show, but I will say this. Somebody in the broadcasting industry who listens to our show called me out of the blue last week and just said, Hey, I just want to tell you, I heard about your podcast. I found it and I went and listened to it. And he said, I love, love that you guys get Jr. on. He said, it's, it's mm-hmm. unreal. And he said, the guy deserves to be back on the airwaves because he's fantastic. So uh, that's so, great. So that, just, just, just great. know that, that, uh, you know, that, that never had anything to do with us. You know, that we were, I was, hey, I was fighting I'm for a lot of love I, I flying around right now. Uh, I know, but I'll, I'll tell you this. And, and I, I won't say, I won't say any, you know, much more than that. It's been two years for me since, um, you know, since I left, left broadcasting and left, left the sport. And, um, I, I will say this, my last two years have been unbelievable, have been, like the most peaceful, quiet, uh, enjoyable with my family and has been good. Um, but to see, to see how people are and what they say, especially when they're not educated on the background of a story, they listen to, they listen to other, other media outlets spew their bullshit to try to, again, cancel or ruin somebody. Um, the whole cancel culture thing is, 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 is so toxic and so bad because people don't agree with other people. And when they do, they try to, they try to squash them. Um, it's really unfair, especially, especially when you put in the time, the passion, and there are certain things that deserve to be, uh, to be outed and to, to not be a part of something now. And I will say, my situation, if you've known me for 10 years, 20 years, I never stepped out of the person that I was or the person that I am or the way that I like to entertain or the way that I speak or the way that I view my friends and, and the game and all that stuff. And so it's not like I did something out of my character that that caused me or caused people to say, he's not, not, you know, he's not able to do this anymore. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of, I had a lot of enemies and I had a lot of people who who did not like me because of my personality, because of, you know, the way I carried myself or the brashness or the way that I played, whatever the case may be. Um, If you know me, you know me. And if you don't, then do you think it's not it's it's just not it's not fair when people have uh, throw daggers 
or throw or do things to you without without being really educated and understand the entire picture. I mean, it's just it's it's well, not crazy not just particularly in your case, but there's a lot of knee jerk reaction. There's a lot of contradiction, and there's a lot of hypocrisy. And oh, I, and I think tons. that's I think that's tons. that's what you that's what you fell into. And and I you know you just mentioned about who you are and how you've always been consistent with. Do you think that with your how vocal you've been and how critical you've been toward the league or media and whatever, because there I don't think there's a person in the hockey world that actually knows the game. That would say that Jeremy Roenick's not a Hall of Famer, but do you think for all the things that you just mentioned, that's that's what's preventing you from from getting into the for Hall sure. of Fame? Yeah, for sure. You think it's 100%. personal? It's personal, for sure. Hundred percent. I think so. I, I think it's I think it's personal with you too. I think I think you know if you look back at some of the things that I did, you know, um, you know some of the stances that I made, uh, whether it was two thousand four with the lockout. Um, whether it was calling out the NHL on, you know, in Buffalo that night saying, wake up being, you know, being going to, din- going times. to dinner after being a healthy going scratch. To dinner, yeah. Yeah. Healthy <laughs> scratch. Um, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I didn't, I didn't go to jail. I didn't break any laws. I didn't do any drugs. I didn't rob anybody. I didn't, you know, I, I had a, I had an opinion and I had a personality and you know what? I entertained a lot of people. Now, whether you liked it or didn't like it, one thing that you got from me all the time was you got what I was thinking. I, I, I'm not one to, I'm, I'm not one to, to, to shy away from my own feelings. I mean, sometimes I feel a lot worse, and I, but I, I won't take it to that level. But I'll make people feel great, and I'll blow people, I'll blow people up that, that I think deserves a great thing. I'm just saying fans want honesty. They want to hear what you really think. They don't want to hear bullshit. They don't want to hear you do cliches. They don't want to hear, hear stuff that they can see with their own eyes. And I, I just wanted to be one of those people that gave them real honesty, real passion, real love, and sometimes real stupidity because I screwed up a lot. I made up more words on television than anybody, I think, in the history of, of, of television because I just, you know... I embarrass myself on certain things and, but I didn't care. The problem, the problem is, the problem is, is that, you know, there's, there's the hypocrisy and I think the, the, the weakness of people or their, their ability to get their feelings hurt nowadays is just, it's just over the top over the top sensitive sensitive well we i'll just say this and i'll reiterate it again as craig said a lot of love going on around here but we love having you on here and so do our listeners i appreciate everybody i appreciate everybody i appreciate everybody i by the way i appreciate everybody who doesn't like me that watches that that throws their opinions in yeah i love that i've noticed that i love when they say something and they 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 bitch at me or they say something that um that they're passionate about by the way I'll throw some some witty jabs back at them. Doesn't mean I hate them. I think that that, that creates good TV. It creates good conversation. Well, di- difference of opinion is what conversation is a good conversation is all about. Difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's go with difference of opinion on this one. Evander Kane. Okay, uh, a lot of people have difference of opinion whether this guy should get another shot or not. Jr. I, I mean, I know you're. I don't know how. Like you know, 
tested positive for COVID, jumps on a plane and goes to Canada inside his quarantine time. San Jose, you know, put him on waivers with the intention of, of terminating his contract. Now there's talks that maybe Edmonton or another team could be in on signing him. Where, where are you on, on Evander Kane? Should he get another shot? And would a team be crazy to sign him? Um, well, I'm always, I'm always of the belief that, uh, somebody should get another shot. I, I just, I'm, you know, people, n- nobody can judge somebody else by what they go through in their own head, in their own mind, in their own life. Um, you know, I think Evander Kane has, I, I believe he's grown up in a very difficult life. I think he's created a lot of his own difficulties. Uh, here's a guy who had to, who had to put, a, a newborn baby in the ground, right? This is, yeah. a, and I don't care what you say about any putting, being at an age that Evander Kane is and being in a position where you have to put a, one of your kids to rest. I, I, I don't, I couldn't even imagine what, what mental uh, anguish goes through you. I'm not saying that there are re- excuses for him. He has a lot of, a lot of selfish issues, um, whether it's the gambling, whether it's the, um, the women, whether it's the booze, um, there's, he has to straighten himself out. Now he's got to show that he needs to do it. And if he does, if he, if there's going to come a point where there, the, the, the strikes are done, you're not going to get another chance. And I'm telling you, he might get one more. He, he was very lucky to have probably the most lenient, understanding, generous, loving, and compassionate GM on the planet in Doug Wilson, a guy who will give people shot after shot after shot. If Doug Wilson and the San Jose Sharks have gotten to the point with the Vander Kane to say, we're done, you're at the absolute bottom of the barrel. At the bottom, because I will tell you, Doug Wilson will give anyone the, the the second chance. Anyone. He brought me back. He brought Claude Lemieux back from being off the game for five years just to give him a chance to play for his kid. And get, he brought Evander Kane back and back after you know the uh, the sexual abuse charge, after the drug stuff, after the gambling stuff, after you know the 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 wife stuff. I mean, even let him go to the minors after the fake vaccination card. Correct. If, if Doug Wilson and the San Jose Sharks come to this point, you know that it's, this is it for Vander Kane. I hope he gets one more chance because the kid's a hell of a hockey player. The kid is as, as talented as all get out. But what I've heard is that he's not good in the locker room. He's a distraction and he has too many, too many vices that, that don't line up with the team mentality. What are the teams, what are teams that you could see him? Like the the way I look at this, Evander Kane is going to have to go to a team that has a tremendous leadership group. That's first and foremost, because Mm -hmm. I, I believe that, you know, Evander Kane is is going to go to a team and if he is with a group 
of players and leaders on a team where they're, they sit down with Evander and say, listen, we're more than happy to bring you in, but this is, this is the way we do things. And we need you to be on the same page as every single guy on our team. I think that's the only way it's going to work. Um, and you have to, and, and, and I mean, because it's, it's not about money anymore, right? Cause it, they can't bring out his contract. Are they voiding his contract with San Jose? Is that, is that well, there's a grievance. There's a grievance that's going to happen. Yeah. So listen, if, if a team is, if a team is going to bring on a guy like Evander Kane, it's going to be for the minimum, right? You're going to bring a guy like that in for the minimum because you don't want to take a huge chance of a four or five or $6 million contract for this guy. So a Evander's going to have to choose whether he wants to do it for that. You know, Might motivate him too, because he, you know, yeah. his financial situation is in disarray. Yeah. So that, so that is one. So that's one thing. It, I would not, if I was a team, I would not give him a penny over the minimum salary because you can't take a chance on that. And Riv, I totally agree with you on that one. And you look at how many teams that can really handle that situation in terms of their leadership do they have the cap space to add a minimum right boston bruins okay they have a great leadership role community tampa bay lightning they have a great st louis blues they have a great leadership um area um la kings are arguably have a you know between Kopitar, between kopitar and dowdy and quick they have a very strong leadership group um I don't know how many other. Well, the talks teams. have been Edmonton. Do you think Connor McDavid wants to deal with this shit? Although I will no. say this though, he could you imagine Kane, who can who can keep up with with uh, McDavid? Maybe not as fast, but he's right there. You know, he's a guy that could really help that team. Maybe playing alongside mm-hmm. McDavid when he's uh, healthy sure. and ready to rock. And edgy, and edgy with grit. I mean, Evander Kane plays with grit, plays with energy. He's tough. Right. Um, I think Edmonton, that's one of the knocks against Edmonton is they're not physically uh, intimidating at all. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be an easy game against Edmonton. Well, Edmonton needs something because they're, uh, they're a bit of a, you know, a sinking ship right now. But they lost like 10 in a row right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not in the playoffs. I mean, it, uh, huge fall from grace, man. Huge fall from grace. It's, uh, it, it, it's such a, it's such a bad look on the role players. It, it, when you have a team that's lost 10 in a row and you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl with the amount of points that they have in this league right now, right. And this team is where they are. If it, I'm, I'm hiding under a rock, if I'm a th- second and third line player on this team, fourth line, you know, you, you, you you can do your job as, but the second liners and the third liners. Oh my God. They're the ones that should be just getting absolutely just destroyed right now. I'm going to throw out an honorable mention this. I haven't looked at the standings from, uh, from top to bottom. Do you know where the Nashville predators sit in the national hockey league right now? So they, they, they have gone on a tear. They didn't start out very well, but they've gone on a tear uh, as of late. So I'd say they're probably in the top five right now. They sit fourth with mm-hmm. 50 points. Yeah, they've been, they've been running. And I'm telling you, Duchesne's played great. Johansson's played great. Uh, Yossi's played great. 
they, they, I'm telling you what, they're a hard goal team to play the, against. The little yeah. goaltender has played great. Yeah, they're a hard team to play against because every line works. But they found it. They 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 were not good in the beginning of the season. They were terrible. You want to attach but, a name to other than just little goalie? You know, UC Suarez. Is that how you? Is it UC? Yeah. UC Suarez. <laughs> um, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kane. We, we've kept you a while. Last thing I'll say, Jack Eichel spoke to the media yesterday for the first time in Vegas. And I don't really want to get into, you know, the excitement and good to be back with the guys and all those cliches. Craig had an interesting point. He thought he would let Craig make it about what his, his uh, um, thought analysis was on it. But he said something about the Olympics and how, you know, the, the, the league made a promise. That a lot of players are complaining about this, I guess. And then I tweeted something out. I said, when are the NHL players going to realize that the National Hockey League does not give a shit about what the players think or how they feel, whether it was negotiated in the CBA, they don't care about the players. They just, they would rather them stay here. We all know that. We all understand why they don't care about what the players want. No, no. They only care about how much money is coming into the national hockey league. So all this, they, they, all care, this... They, care, they care about the bottom line, the revenue, how are we going to get the revenue? How are we going to get the revenue? How are we going to get the revenue? Is it a bad look on the players, though, for their star players who would be going to the Olympics to keep harping on it? Or should they just let it go because it's over? Let it go. It's done. Yeah. It's over. They, need, they need to move on from that. It, they're not going. And by and, the way. And it's a good thing. It is a good thing. And, and especially what's going on with the decision that the league has made to tow, to tow the, the sheep line, to tow the sheep line of COVID protocols and testing and canceling games and not letting these players play. By the way, all these people, all these, all these people around the world now are going back to work with, with, with COVID because of where we're at. Okay. People in the nursing system going back to work with COVID. Oh, by the way, we'll fire the people who are unvaccinated, but the people that are vaccinated that have COVID can go work. Everybody in the National Hockey League, with the exception of one, is vaccinated. If you're sick, you should let them play if they want to play. I played sick. You guys played sick. We all played sick. You play sick. And they're canceling game after game after game after game or postponing game after game after game after game after game. Every, every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, games postponed. Games postponed. You know what, guys? It's not going to change. It's not going to change. Yeah. So play the games. And, and the fact that they're not going to the Olympics, I think is, is a, the right call because you don't want to go to China. You don't want to come down with it because of their rules. You're going to stay there for three weeks. You're not going to come back. You're not going to be near your family. You're not going to play for your team. And also these, the national hockey league needs to make up games. They can't afford two weeks away to shut down when they already have three weeks of games that need to be made up by the, the New York Islanders have played 28 games, 28. Yeah. They're like 10 games behind everybody else. But, <laughs> but the national, but the national hockey league has got to me have to stop being a sheep and towing, towing the political lines to make sure that every, that everybody is going to be safe. You know what? Everybody's going to get it. Everybody is getting it. You, Everyone, you, everyone's you going to get it. You have to go. If nurse, if nurses are going back to work and are around other 
people that are sick and other people that are in the hospital and they have COVID, then why can't the National Hockey League players go on the ice and play a game if they feel like it, if they want to? You guys watch the NBA at all? I check NBA scores every day with my son. Every day I follow the NBA more now than I follow mm-hmm. anything else. And they haven't had a postponed game. They are, I mean, they're just ripping through games. They're just playing games. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Everyone's everyone's playing like every night. Every game is going on. Yeah, but it's again, there is the protocol in, in the National Hockey League, but it, it's a lot different um, when you're dealing with you know a different country like Canada. And yeah, rules, can't, they only have and the one way game, they're doing one, things, one team. Like, I know, I know, bad shit, crazy. Yeah. No, I hear you. JR, awesome as usual, man. Thank you. Amazing. I bet your awesome. back is on fire right now sitting in front oh, of that. It's so warm. It's so warm. I'm so happy. I'm what, cozy, ready to go. What do you got going on here? What do you what you got the unfiltered shirt on? We we're gonna need one of those soon on our end. We're gonna need you to yeah. ship us a couple. Yeah. So at, at some point, at some point I'm gonna start up my show again on on no filter. And um I, I've really enjoyed doing the show and every week I, this is where I get my, my adrenaline out. I get my opinions out. I mean, I, I, I and really, this is really the only place I will start my, my new show at some point. I will tell you, I will tell you, I will tell you this, and this is the God's honest truth. I struggle to do more. Um, when I'm just really, I'm just not as engaged in a sport or in something. And I watch hockey. I see it. I follow it, but I'm not engaged as I used to be. I'm just not. Well, I know what's going, I know what's going on. I know what's going on, but I don't watch it every single night. I don't read the papers every single day. I don't read everything about the national hockey league. I, I kind of venture off to a lot of things. You know, it's, my energy right now, I love doing this with you guys because you guys make this fun. You guys are my buddies and you make it fun and it's easy. And But I will start my own show soon. And when I do... Um, we look forward to coming on that show fun. sometime. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be We fun. look forward so, to... Rev, you were just I'm about driving, to say something. I'm driving cross country, so wish me luck. I'm driving from California to Florida. This, that's the first time I've driven cross country, so... Ooh. Super troopers, buddy. Super troopers. What what were you going to say? You look like you're going to pass out over there. Um, Can't remember. Can you? It was only a minute ago, so I don't expect you to be able to remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Riff, how's that knee feeling? How's that knee feeling? So it's all right. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you got, you got, you got through COVID and now you got to get, just get your knee done. <laughs> Check out what his sweater, JR. He's got the grandpa. Oh yeah, there it is. He's got the grandpa sweater on today, JR. I love it. That's fantastic. That's your, uh, that's your, uh, the only reason why I have this. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's already taking his earphones out. <laughs> All right. Okay. Great stuff he's as always, guy. boys. Thanks. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Revee 52, at The Instigator 76. 
And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.